Hi everyone and welcome to episode 24 of the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. My name is BJ Ryan, teaming up with the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, BJ. This is our uh, last week of uh, isolation. Hopefully, yes, that's the plan. Mm, mm. That's the plan. We're going to go back to doing uh, uh, regular face-to-face podcasts or um, episodes of the One One starting next week. So, very much looking forward to that. Ah, very excited about it, BJ. And I know you must be even more excited about getting involved with the Steak Sanger again as well. Certainly, you're going to be uh, you're going to be giving me your guru special, the pineapple. A hundred percent, you will be. A hundred percent. There might even be some bacon on it this time. I mean, I've been. Uh, working uh on a few little additions you know sometimes they say more is less but i i think more is more to be honest with you so uh less is more sorry not more is more so we'll see you'll, you'll find out next week looking forward to uh looking forward to those uh very famous farsi becoming famous steak sandwiches mm. um mm-hmm. so looking forward to that terry but um first of all we have to touch on uh one thing that um came up in last week's episode of the one one you were a wrinkly victory away from having to give up the punt. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound like me making an outlandish statement like that, does it? That must have been some other <laughs> uh, some other dickhead, I think. Uh, I was. I thought I was a um, – and the way I actually – the way I punted on Sunday, um, I really wish Wrinkley got up there, to be honest, because uh, I really wish I wasn't punting on the, uh, the Sunday afterwards. <laughs> but uh, look, uh, a little bit stiff in the fact that when I said that, Massimo and uh, Laverod were both in the field. So uh, I, I basically marked the three horses as a complete standout, with Pims Royale being the third, and that's, um, that's how it eventuated. But um, look, it actually worked out for me, BJ. I was having a, a pretty tough old day um, on the Saturday, and You're not, uh, you weren't the only one. No, there, I wasn't right? an orphan. I know a few others who had a who were having a pretty tough old time, and um, I'd backed uh, Chris Graham uh, for the Jockey Challenge. He came up about two dollars eighty in, in my numbers, and he was about five to one. And um, he needed, and I'd asked you about Mitch Pateman as well, and I'd done the Quinella at about 30 to 1. And Mitch needed a win, Chris needed a run second, to, uh, and I'd backed Pims Royale as well. So basically for everything to come together, I made to get square for the day. It had to be a uh, Pims Royale wrinkly exacta, and uh, that's what I got. So uh, yeah, the, the stars aligned for me and, and allowed me to, to keep punting. I actually managed to give it all back plus some the following day though to keep everyone happy though. <laughs> I reckon there was a few listeners roaring for uh, for Wrinkley to to get up. That would have been good good content this week, Guru. But but I didn't even know you could take Jockey Challenge Quinella. I'm learning yeah, new things yeah. uh, every week on this show. Uh, you, can, you can bet on anything these days, mate. There's uh, there's plenty of options. Any any way to get the turnover up, we'll uh, we'll find a way. Yeah. Okay. So it was it just was just well for me anyway and. Perhaps for you as well, Terry. It was just one of those days at Ascot last Saturday. First of all, we had the um, the key scratchings before before a ball was bounced. We had mm. key scratchings of lipstick flickers, Altani, Blackwater Bay, Massimo. So that already threw um, a spanner in Did the works. Did you see? And um, then there was a tweet. Oh, I, I can't remember his name. I meant to write it down. Um, someone put up their their multi. They said. Uh, uh, he backed Blackwater Bay all up, Laverod all up, uh, Kelvin. So at least none of the three ever really looked like losing in the run, did they? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So 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 furthering on to those early scratchings, then we had the late scratchings. So the heavily backed, as Terry alluded to, then the he- heavily backed Kelvin and Laverod, remarkably, were both scratched after playing up and injuring themselves in the gates. Um, so it was just just a bizarre day. Dogs breakfast. Um, Dog's breakfast and obviously including the massive sort of shock 
uh, wave that came through following the uh, Miss Frost defeat. Mm. It was it was all happening. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to all um, happening at Ascot. I think we're going to look to forgive Miss Frost as well. I don't think. Uh, uh, for those that remember, it was withdrawn from the gates, had a little vets test. I don't think it should have passed that vets exam. We'll, uh, we'll look at getting Luke on again in the next few weeks and he can probably expand a bit more, but I don't think it's, uh, yeah, I don't think she was probably a hundred percent when she went back out there. And then what did you think, BJ? Now let's see if I can get you off the fence here. What did you think of, um, point taken and Jason Brown basically spearing, um, Miss Frost out the gates? Uh, I, it reminded me of sort of a 1980s footy game where they've said, go out and target a certain player. They've said, just, just beeline him, just bang, <laughs> clean him up. Um, what was the uh, – what was that um, that video? Biffs, bumps and brawlers? Biffs, yeah, like that, BBB, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it, it, Biffs, bumps and brawlers, highlights from the it, 80s. It made yeah. that look pretty soft because um, I'm, I'm sure it was the horse that uh, was influencing a lot of it, but um, – Jesus Christ, yep. it looked like Jason came out. It looked like he'd said something mean to him just before they've jumped and Jason's come out and just said, nah, I'm going straight through you. It's uh, some of the worst-looking footage I've seen in a long time. I actually haven't seen the um, report to see if he got a suspension. I can only imagine he got a, a reasonably... Seven, seven days. Seven days. Seven days suspension. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Craig David would be disappointed with that. He should have got uh, significantly longer than uh, than seven days, I would have thought. But um, and anyway, Craig we're going to... Uh, yeah, Good seven one. days. Good check one. it out. Uh, we are going to Good forgive. Uh, we're going to forgive Miss Frost, and um, and we're definitely going to uh, give her another chance in the future. I'd suggest. Yeah, well, t- to answer your question, not not many more competitive uh, riders out there than than Jason Brown. He certainly makes his his rivals um, earn their earn their keep. Um, doesn't doesn't give too many favors out there. Um, and yeah, obviously he was trying to make life hard for the odds on pop Miss Frost. But that bumping jewel it just set her alight, didn't it? Um, so instead of just being being able to ridden, co- it's very rare you see a horse take off and charge like that with William Pike. It, it never happens. Another, jo- another um, jockey so. with probably less skill falls off there. It was, yeah, it's really dangerous. I, I, I was uh, – the head-on footage for anyone who hasn't seen it, all you need to do is watch the start of the race It's because um, they actually show it on um, on the Chris website. Uh, they have the head-on footage at that mm-hmm. point. It's uh, – yeah, it, it's very bad viewing, but um, – Anyway, no, uh, no harm done. Yeah, he, he pleaded guilty to the to the charge, and he got his seven days um, suspension. I think it was it was lessened uh, due to his uh, pretty good record for a long period of time. But regardless, she got beat dollar forty, dollar thirty. Um, a few multis got blown out the water in race two of the day. That's for sure. Um, it wasn't a big start to Luke's birthday, was it? No, no, yeah. it wasn't. It was Luke, Luke Fernie, friend of the podcast, the one one zone turned twenty five uh, last Saturday. Is that right? It was on the day. Yeah, it was on the um, day. Yeah, but um, so that was a bit of a tough start to the day. But they finished off strong. Um, the Fernie camp with uh, Moshard and Pims Royale winning. Um, but obviously the the star of the the star of the day um, was no doubt the fabulous Fabergino. She just left him in her wake in the Group Three Northern Stakes. Vince Accardi's raw figures had her going 14 lengths above benchmark, 14 lengths faster than average for the 1,100 metres at Ascot, and she was 0.03 seconds behind Moonlight, Moonlight Bay, is it? 1,100 metre 2009 track record. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, the track was lightning, but she was, she was amazing. Terry? 
Yeah, she was. She made uh, she made us two look a bit silly. We both didn't mind Flirtini. Um, we, we sort of were pretty keen with, with the speed map, with Mervyn obviously going to come across and challenge and the 1,100 metres. We thought she might have been susceptible late, but I tell you what, um, they have to be looking at uh, at some big races now. I think the the 1,000 metres only is now um, that's out the window. She can definitely run out a strong 11. She should be able to run out a strong 12. Um, yeah, she gets into the winter bottom nicely being uh, being a girl. I think that's probably got to be the aim now, the uh, the winter bottom, I'd suggest. Yeah, yeah, there was even a little bit of Everest talk earlier. Yeah, earlier understandable. In the week, Terry, understandable. Yeah. Um, so the thing that I liked about it is is she sort of she ticked ticked a few, answered a few probing questions on Saturday. She's won at the she won at the eleven hundred, but she didn't lead as well. Mm-hmm. She got she got taken on uh, by by a um, by a, so he's so fast, Mervin, isn't he? Out the gates, yeah. bloody hell! Um, and uh, but Nucky, Peter Nucky, never panicked. Just sort of eat, um, kept her in her in a happy space rhythm. She breezed up and the, the, but the um, and just put them away with with ease. Really, um, she's also not only has she done that early burn. Uh, sustained speed. She's also managed to carve out the fastest last 200 of the race as well, Terry. So sh- mm. speed, strength. She's she, yeah. That's something that I didn't factor in last week. She's better. She's better than and she's getting better all the time. Um, so those little chinks and obviously those niggles and um, the things that they needed to work through and iron out and learn about her early in her career, like Tiana Robertson's just right on top of it and her team. A ride on on top of everything now, and she's she's one of the best sprinters in the country, yep. I believe. Yep, definitely. Just on the well, just on the the raw numbers that you uh, you mentioned before. I'm not a big numbers man, but I, I really do appreciate the numbers when it's over a sprinting journey and that type of horse. And yeah, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, to see where they go next and and what uh, how high uh, they uh, they aim. The sky would appear to be the limit at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're targeting the Group 1 Moya, which is wait for age 1,000 metres at Mooney Valley. I think mm-hmm. it's usually run the night before the AFL Grand Final, um, but obviously that will be a bit different this year. But So when's that? That's uh, late September, early October. Mm-hmm. So that looks the race, uh, that looks a cheap, yeah, I don't know. I just I wouldn't think they'd be able to um, lay a glove on her there. But if she turns up the way that she she produces what she produced on Saturday. That was just awesome, awesome galloping exhibition. And Flirtini didn't actually go that bad, <laughs> but no. just got absolutely spanked. So um, she she probably wasn't suited chasing without the. Yeah. Uh, she didn't really have any cover in the run as well, so she wasn't suited yep. in that sense. But no, she was just completely and utter utterly outclassed by a horse that's um just simply quicker over the shorter journey. Yeah, and she, she's special, Fabergino. Mm-hmm. She sure is. Um, the other big winner of the day was Condor Heroes. Fastly becoming one of the new favourites on our podcast, Terry. Condor Heroes backed off the map and bolted and blew them away over the 1,000 metres, straight to the front. See you back in the showers. I think it was a four-lengths-plus victory with Sean McGrady and from the Ganjimi Racing Stables. Yeah, there was some uh, – you probably saw the chatter led by our man Peter Antonitz on the uh, on the mailbag over east um, about how that race was run. Uh, so it looked like um, – 
Obviously, he won extremely well. There's no doubting that. But, I mean, there were some question marks about a few of the rides behind. Um, I haven't got it written down in front of me. But the second horse, which was Stable Secret and backwards, they actually went slower than all bar two of the runners in the two-year-old race earlier in the day. So I'm stealing that material from from Pete. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the fact that there wasn't any questions asked from stewards, I think, needs to um, is probably the, uh, the major talking point there. I, I personally don't think anything untoward happened i think catherine wheel didn't jump or chris graham didn't have the desire we all felt he would maybe to lead um and then chris parnham opted to take the back of uh stable secret rather than going to the back of condor heroes and once those two things occurred and then sasha starley was led leading up the rest of them stable secret was at full tilt and that's basically as um as quick as sasha could get him to go so from there condor was allowed to just skip clear and the race was all over but um I know that, uh, as I said, I know a few of the boys were, were pretty interested. I know that Cripper was pretty interested, and he's actually going to join us next week, BJ, for our return to uh, to our physical podcast. So uh, Cripper on next week as well. Daniel Cripps, yeah. Cripsracing.com.au. Yeah, good. He can give it a good little plug next week. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll ask him more about that one next week, I think. But uh, I think it was just a, a set of circumstances which are magnified by the fact that there was a massive betting move 10 minutes before mm. jump. It just doesn't look good when a horse gets an unexpected soft lead and it's 10s to 4s or 9s to 4s in the final 10 minutes of betting. You just you can see how that looks a bit average. And it, it looks worse when the stewards don't ask a question as well. I mean, that's that's all we're asking is just to ask some questions and ascertain from Chris Graham and the, and the Catherine Camp, why didn't you lead? And then ascertain um, from one or two of the others that we expected to go a little bit quicker. Why? Why weren't you going a little bit quicker? That, that's all we needed to say. Just some transparency. So that's uh, that's my only issue with the race. So yeah, Condor Heroes. Um, Condor Heroes can't win. It's fast becoming a catch cry on the yeah. uh, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, so yeah. ten ten thousand dollar purchase recycled purchase uh, he's pretty banged up over on the east coast condor heroes but mm-hmm. gan jemmy racing uh, as they have proven capable of doing on more than one occasion this is no fluke they have uh, resurrected this this uh, speedster and he's gone bang bang two starts in wa and has uh, and has certainly more than recouped um his purchase price that's for sure he's done a he's done a great job for his new yard and as i mentioned before that the day sort of wound up with with pims royale capitalizing on the scratching of of labor ride by winning the last but before we move on any further what what were your thoughts Terry, when um, William Pike was driving Moshard through along the fence at Ascot last Saturday. Oh. Um, what, what, what was the emotions? A few people have asked me this. Well, I had, the, I had all the big prices, Kelvin, um, eights down to about fives. I'd kept going with every flack whenever I was allowed to have a bet, basically. So I was looking forward to Kelvin going around. But um, the way I work, BJ, is I mark them and, I, and I, I back above the odds. So Moshar got out to $12 late and that became a reasonable bet for me. It actually, actually became a reasonable um, wager for me. Uh, Kelvin was going to be the better result, but um, with the scratching, it obviously came into seven or eight to one or whatever. But um, so I, I had mixed feelings. Last week, I had enough money on it to probably, um, or the fortnight earlier, to probably feed a small uh, African nation. But uh, I didn't have as much on here. But uh, look, I, I said at the top of the straight, I said this is over. Moshard's got him, and I don't mm. know. Nucky just sort of uh, heard the whistle blow. He pulled Siani out of the way, and the leader peeled off a bit. And I don't know. They just none of them have an interest to to hold the rail besides. Pi. 
motorbike and uh, he just rides it best. He rides it strong. Um, you need a real strong hands and heels. Jockey, uh, Chris, Clint Johnston Porter or a Mitch Pateman um, can do the same type of thing. And yeah, just a huge, huge ride. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's why they call him the wizard, Terry. Mm. He is just sublime. Um, w Pike. Uh, so yeah, sad day was, I think I think in our group chat or our WhatsApp chat, I think the word uh, I used to describe my sad day was um, diabolical, Terry. Mm. So um, thank all I can say is thank God for Power of St. George at Bunbury on Sunday from a personal point of view. Uh, he's a pretty pretty smart three-year-old, this fellow, and he pulled me out of a jam, that's for sure, when he won the Provincial Championship Series heat at Bunbury. Nice horse in the making for the for the David Harrison yard. Looks mm-hmm. like he's um, he's got a heap of upside, this fellow. So anyway, on a personal note, end of the, the weekend, he weekend strongly, and um, he's also he's also one of um, one of our horses to follow uh, on the podcast for listeners. Um, and yeah, he he just appreciated the the senior rider and the more genuine tempo at Bunbury on Sunday, Terry. Yeah, he did. The, the, the genuine tempo was the key for him, and uh, he looks a really, really nice, um, a nice type. So uh, I, I don't know how I, I had a very poor day Sunday, and that that was part of my poor day was not uh, not backing Paris and George, despite basically saying where whatever he can whatever he can test next with reasonable speed on, it'll be very hard to beat. So um, I think I just couldn't believe I got out on uh, on the Saturday, and part of me just wanted to give it all back, and I succeeded. <laughs> I succeeded pretty well. So um, yeah, well, well done to me. Now, I have had a couple of digs at you already, Terry. Um, in this, in the, in the start of start I, of the I can't guess. We, I can't guess where you're going here, BJ. You're not going to mention Saxon on sax off yesterday, are you? I wouldn't dare mention Saxon on sax uh, off. But as soon as you brought him up, let's talk. <laughs> Do we need to have a therapy session following Saxon on sax off? Need to have a lot of we need to have a lot of yesterday. therapy sessions regarding that one. Yeah, I was uh, I was a bit disappointed with myself again. <laughs> I, I bet via prices, you know, I marked at twelves. So the twenty sixes were available for a fair portion of time, and. I was out just for a period. I said, I'll do that when I get home. I don't think there'll be any early money. And I just, I came, I'm sort of half forgotten, sort of half, I just didn't want to, I don't know. Sometimes you feel like you're going back to the same well consistently without, um, uh, you, you, maybe I'm pricing it incorrectly rather than that being the true price. In the end, it started about the, the 12 bucks and, and it won the race. And uh, I I was very disappointed in myself that A, I hadn't invested and B, it did look a really suitable setup for it, to be honest, especially being back to the Brian Rogers yard where uh, he had his last win, which was taken off him. But uh, yes, I do need a therapy session. Long story short, I was a disgruntled, uh, I was a disgruntled man sitting in my front of my computer after that. I, I tell you what. I was, uh, yeah. There was a few, a uh, few choice words. Which the, the neighbours and their, um, and their children are probably a bit disappointed. They had to learn, but uh, no, yeah. they did. If, that. if you want to get some insight into Terry's reaction, just jump onto Twitter <laughs> at Perth Racing Guru and just check out his, uh, his feed from from yesterday. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was good stuff. As a good summation, but more importantly, Maddie Derrick's first city winner. So let's focus on yes. the positives. Um, she's yes. riding extremely well. You can you can start to trust her. Obviously, she's got a lot to learn, but you can start to trust her on a certain type of horse here and there. And um, she rode that a treat. Well, they just they just run for her. They do. They? That's that's the key. That's the key. A horse is running um, for the apprentices early on, and uh, they certainly do. Uh, she can sit them deep, and they keep going for her. It's a bit mm, like um, early. Yep. Lucy Warwick used to really, and Jade McNaught as well used to really have that. 
um, that ability when they first came onto the scene. They they didn't necessarily have to ride them all that pretty, but horses just um, just seem to roll for them and keep going for them. And Maddie Derrick appears to have that trait. So um, yeah, hopefully it's onwards and upwards, and we can get her a Saturday winner sometime in the next few months as well. For sure, yeah, and. I haven't seen a lot of her. You've probably seen a bit more of her than I have seen as the, the tracks that you, you focus on. But I, I get the impression that Victoria Corver has a bit of that as well. Um, don't know what your view is, Terry, but she's just a newcomer, um, probably just a couple of months behind Maddie Derrick. But they just seem to be, have, she just seems to have that nice balance and kind hands as well. So she's a, she's a young rider to follow as well moving forward. Yeah. Very much so, very much so. Okay, so we're recording at uh, 11.23 on Thursday, the 7th of May. So from a racing calendar point of view, we've got uh, Pinjarra race day this afternoon, uh, Albany on tomorrow, that's Friday, Eurythmic Stakes Day at Ascot on Saturday, which we're about to preview. Geraldton is racing on Saturday also, Terry? Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Carnarvon meet, I believe, BJ. It's been transferred from the dirt to the grass of Geraldton. Okay, so, yeah, I think the first three Carnarvon Race Club meetings are being held at Geraldton um, under mm-hmm. the current um, climate. And uh, the big weekend of thoroughbred action finishes in the goldfields with Kalgoorlie on Sunday, one of your happy hunting grounds, Guru. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Kalgoorlie man. It's my uh, my favourite uh, tractor punt on. Once it gets a bit deeper in the season, we might look at adding a uh, a best of the day on uh, on the Sunday if I've done the the Kalgoorlie form by Thursday mornings. But uh, we might look at uh, yet another segment. That's what the podcast needs. Let's see if we can get it up to the three hour marker. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. So time time to thank <laughs> our wonderful sponsors, the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meets. The Mundaring Hotel has been the heart of the hills since 1899. Located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. The Mundaring are doing takeaway and delivery uh, at the moment with the um, being closed to the public. So jump on to the mundaringhotel.com.au or the Mundaring Hotel Facebook page. Check out their menu. Give Ian Butchie O'Connor and his team a call. Whack an order in and um, and support our uh, sponsor there at the Mundaring Hotel. We haven't had an opportunity to lock away the new racing mastermind quiz competition details but that will be unveiled in future editions of the one one so stay tuned to that but um yeah big thanks to the mundaring hotel there they're fighting the fight um up against it with the uh, current covid situation um really impacting their business but um if you can support them in any way shape or form butchie o'connor would be much appreciative and um of course market city meets they are the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets out on Bannister Road. Drop in and see our man, Timmy Hewitt. Uh, let him know you're a 1-1 listener. He'll take care of you out there at Market City Meets, who uh, sponsor our extremely popular Get Out Stakes competition, Terry. Last week, we had Novak Smith. He Just a ray a- last week, wasn't it? Oh, the Massimo Laverado, scratching. Christ, yeah, yeah. My, my wrinkly twenty-three. Thanks, nearly, uh, nearly actually won it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was uh, there was spanner in the works, left, right, and center there at Ascot on Saturday, and the get out stakes um, was uh, wasn't spared either. Now, um, <laughs> especially with the Massimo and as Terry said, Massimo and Laverod, the late scratching as well. But Novak Smith, he uh, he was nearest the pins with uh, pin with his Pims Royale nomination last Saturday, Terry, but he has now joined Elite Company mm. as a dual get-out stakes winner. No, we're, not, we're not far from our first treble winner, I think, as well, which is, uh, well, that's just that's just 
super exciting stuff, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good, good on you, Novak. Uh, he's a regular entrant and uh, often having a crack, and he's been rewarded for us with a second Get Out Stakes trophy. Congratulations, mate. So we'll run Pro- through- Protein for days. Yeah, we'll run through the finer details of the Get Out Stakes competition before we preview race nine at Ascot on Saturday. Lastly, if you want to read Terry's stuff, jump on to the Betfair Hub, betfair.com.au. You can check out his in-depth analysis and betting strategies there. And my stuff, the leg up, pre-markets preview was uh, available from 7 a.m. this morning on bestbets.com.au. Also, it is published on the Race website. Time to kick off our Eurythmic Stakes Day preview, Terry. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to this card, BJ. I was quite looking forward to last week's card too, though. So we, I better, uh, I better prefix that. But uh, yeah, no, looking forward to this card. Uh, it looks to be a clearer day, according to the, the weatherman. I still think it's currently a soft seven at the time of uh, recording, BJ. We have probably a little bit more rain forecast for this afternoon and tomorrow. Um, but I think we'll probably be going in with a soft five type thing. I think would probably be a fair assessment. Um, with the rain during the week, with it being a later season track, one thing that's really difficult at the moment is point-to-point speed, real strong acceleration. So you want horses um, not just settling on speed, but can sustain runs or get into a race before the band it, it's just it's quite difficult to uh, really accelerate and make those sort of 100 200 meter um sprints so we're going to be focusing um on horses closer to the speed or suited by very strong speed maps i think bj okay so yeah two meters uh finding up for um for saturday but yeah the the on pace brigade has been and especially rails and run has been um has been enjoying the rail being inside the last couple of Saturday meetings. But um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, they're always um, always getting banged for their buck, that's for sure. Um, should we – are you ready to go, race one? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So race one, <sighs> maiden. The Tab Touch West P Platinum maiden, 1,400 metres. It's a 12-19 start. Race one of nine. Um, I might just ask the guru to uh, kick things off on race one of the day. So you're a little bit disappointed about this, BJ. This is actually one of the better uh, maidens I think we've seen on a uh, on a Saturday Metro card for quite some time. Um, really looking forward to discussing actually a couple of these horses' chances and getting your opinion on them too. Sure. Uh, I've I've narrowed it down to a complete three horse race. Okay. Firstly, hard not to have. I hope you dance on top. Um, I know that. I know that she's now a 14 start maiden, but I think she's without doubt in career best form. Um, three back, she got involved in a stout with stablemate Son of the Sun out in front and just probably ran out of steam a bit late. She then ran into Irritable Rodney when uh, Bo found a bit of trouble at the top of the straight. Wrong part of the track that day. Before last start running into the pretty smart Blackwater Bay. Um, beat the third horse, Miss Malibu, by... I think it was a length, length and a half type thing. And Miss Malibu's come out to since run a reasonable race. So that is the form line. But we sort of, I think the thing with I Hope You Dance is we know how good she is. We know that that's her level. She's not 
necessarily going to be any better than that. So, um, but with PyCon from Barrier One, the speed map looks highly suitable. Um, I don't know if there's anything that's really going to challenge her for the top. There's a couple that will roll forward, but um, I think Classy Macro will sit outside her, perhaps. Yeah, but, yeah. The, the lead's there if uh, Pikey wants it. I think. Yeah, ex exactly right. He's yeah. he's got the choice here if he wants to lead or um or take a sit on the back of a Classy Macro or a King Cabernet, potentially Ocean Candy from Barrier Ten. I think they'll be pretty mm -hmm. aggressive with um Chris Graham riding. But um the two runners I want to discuss, uh, and I'd probably. I think most people will be quite interested in these two runners. Uh, Billy Jack. Um, Billy Jack, to me, has been the most aesthetically pleasing side seawar maiden winner, uh, or maiden runner, sorry, hasn't won yet, uh, maiden runner in Albany this season. Um, first start behind Mima Rose was huge, just absolutely huge, and then came out behind Peggy's Joy and a massive leader bias track, and again, was um, was beyond huge. Um Nearly knocked down half the field, including Ox Oxbridge that day when Peter Edwards had the wheel lock on and didn't know how to um, didn't know how to, to steer him straight. But uh, he's a really big, imposing son of Alfred Nobel. I I think this could be the best horse in the race potentially. BJ, mm. um, it's hard. There's a few things against him. Uh, number one is he's 27 days between runs for a country trainer bringing it to town. That's obviously not something Bobby Bell does too often. Um, that's a cracking name, by the way, Bob Bell, isn't it? I'm quite quite envious of that being called Terry Layton. But anyway, Bobby Bell doesn't obviously bring him to town too often, so it's a bit of a new experience for Bob to. Uh, to wheel it up the highway and uh, to see how he goes here. Uh, one thing I do like is Jason Whiting's on. Um, Peter Edwards is yep. available, but I think it's a... Uh, I think it's a bit of a sign of intent from the stable that they want to go for the more senior jockey uh, in Jason Whiting. Um, but the question... I have for you, BJ. I've watched his trial, which was back in November. I watched his two race starts, and I then wanted to watch the first 20 metres. Can he get out the gates? Can he use barrier four? That's the... Million-dollar question. That's the key, isn't mm. it? Um, and I wonder how much Jason Whiting can help with that as well. Yeah. Terry. Mm -hmm. um, so experienced. This is, this is almost a really perfect Whiting horse, actually, I think, Billy Jack. Um, so, yeah, I, I suspect he probably – he won't be in the first four, but he won't be last, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking he'll probably be um, – I don't know what's 11 horse field. I reckon he'll be about fifth, sixth in running, fifth, sixth, seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, My concern is he has really made a mess of both starts. So if he does make any tougher mess of the start again, he's he's back last, and from there he's, yeah. not, he's simply not catching. I hope you dance with an easterly and the rail at two meters. He's just yeah. simply not doing it. So that's the concern with Billy Jack. But uh, were you as impressed as I was with those uh, performances down south? Yeah, I've got Billy Jack on top. Um, you? Yeah, I uh, I, I just feel. I just feel like I hope you dance. It just looks really obvious for her, and that's that's fair enough. But I just feel like she's had her chances already. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I, you know, and I imagine that uh, the interstate's probably going to have admirers as well. I thought he was a bit bit playing out in front last Sunday at Bunbury, but he did miss a run between that. And I, I thought those two have sort of had had their chances, as I said. So I was looking for something like a fresh fresher horse on the scene. So and. And some, you know, a horse that can take another step forward, and I, I just think this is a really good option for for Billy Jack. Um, sort of untapped, looks looks a horse as a type. Yeah. Um, I like the like the booking. Obviously, the 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 start and the gate is the is the key ingredient here. If if Jason Whiting can get him out at least 
evenly. That would be helpful. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I'm, um, I'm liking the looks of Billy Jack and the what? other horse. The other horse that I wanted to. Sorry, you had a question. No, I was going to say, what price did you mark, uh, Billy? It was a difficult one to price a horse coming up the highway, isn't it? Yeah, I was thinking. I was looking for about six dollars, yep. Billy Jack. Yeah, no, I did him six dollars forty. So yep. that uh, that does sound about right. It's one of the ones that's quite difficult to know when to hop in as well. Some of these uh, visitors can really get out the gates, especially the ones for the smaller trainers. They can really get out the gates late, but when there is this, when their efforts are as aesthetically pleasing as Billy Jack's was, plus. It's Billy Jack for Bob Bell. That's I mean, there's going to be a lot of people coming at the horse name and the trainer name <laughs> purely on uh, purely on that. That's uh, it, it might be worth considering the, uh, the the about the eight dollars available at the time of uh, recording. BJ, I'd suggest as a potential best price. Good, yeah. And the other horse that I wanted to flag is a bit bit out wide. I I thought it was a little bit out wide, um, but I've sort of been following it a bit. And I've just been waiting for it to show me just a little bit more. And I, th- you're I think gonna I saw my, you're going to put my uh, on topper. Yeah, I think you're going to mention my on topper. I'd suggest. Really? I'd okay. Say, well, I'd I was, so. was going to mention I was going to mention Belafonte Boy uh, as um, a genuine uh, winning chance, but it uh, sounds like you wanted to you wanted to lock that one in, Terry. So why don't you explain to the listeners why Belafonte Boy can win? Oh, very simply, it's just uh, his last run. It's, mm. it's, it's that simple. I mean, if he gets a run last start, he beats home Tredenzia. He probably runs a place in a 62-plus um, seven days ago. It's, it's that simple. I had actually been following him since his uh, debut. I had something on at the 100-to-1, uh, second and third up, and he was okay in both efforts. Uh, five lengths, he's almighty. Four lengths, Aberdeen Queen. Um, and he was good. He hit the line nicely, but he was just okay. You know, he wasn't... Any type of uh, didn't look like any type of superstar, but he looked like he'd be winning races. Um, Joey has a party went on last up. He actually begun a little bit better, got back a bit in running when a few horses came across, but he went to the line just about under a hold. Um, mm. I'm pretty confident that he he probably goes close to probably doesn't win it, but he probably he he probably runs a place. I'd say without doubt, if you're running a place in a 62 plus, um, you should just about be winning this. So. Uh, look, if, if he can get him out the gates, Joey has a party, get him out the gates, um, utilise his position, hold a spot not too far from I Hope You Dance. Um, yeah, I think he has to be a massive player. So I'm um, I'm really surprised by the current market. I'm, I'm, I'm a big knocker of Interstate as well. I think Interstate will hop on the back of I Hope You Dance. And I think if they sit down and battle it out in the straight, I'm pretty confident that um, Pike will be able to get the best out of I Hope You Dance. But... Um, Look, I, I'm again. It's not the most exciting play in the world, but I'd be taking the three. I'd probably be taking all the prices early. Some will start under, some will start overs. But if you can get three dollars twenty, we're talking. Um, I hope you dance. I've marked that two eighty five. I've marked Belafonte boy four dollars forty. So the fifteen to one's a bit of a, a no brainer. That might be a touch thin. Um, I'm just really taken by its last effort, and I marked Billy Jack six forty. So at about the eight bucks. Play the three of them, structure them how you like, but uh, I think the winner almost certainly comes from those three, BJ. Good, good. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be backing both Billy Jack and Belafonte Boy mm-hmm. in race one of the day. Yeah, there's definitely some good value there for those two, isn't there? There definitely is. A there is. Nice little quota around. Okay, race two. Race two is the gourmet takeaway plate for the two-year-olds, 1,200 metres, and it probably just should be renamed the Charlton Eddie takeaway plate i think terry because this <laughs> fellow just looks like an absolute moral doesn't he 
Hey, that was extremely witty as well, by the way, BJ. The Charlton <laughs> Eddie takeaway plate. I thought you might have come up with something a little bit uh, smoother there, but no, that that sounded uh, that sounded sharp. Yeah, no, it's uh, it should be winning. Um, I really liked the effort to go Bella last time out, but yeah, um, yeah I was going to hear if you could give me any reason why Charlton Eddie um, can be beaten here, apart from a two-year-old training off, of course. Yeah, I just think the um, I actually think this is the easiest of the three races he's run against um yeah he's, it's obviously he's won his last three and i reckon this is this isn't as strong as what he's been facing um big strong horse almost i'd go to say almost one of our top five two-year-olds in wa this season he's the real deal charlton eddie um uh, i think i said on last week's podcast something would have to go drastically wrong for miss frost to get beat <laughs> so mm. and it's sort of that's sort of how it played out but charlton eddie is a more of a jump and run uh, horse, um, so strong, um, powerful. Things going to find the front again, control the race, and he's just he's just going to be too good for these. Terry, you did mention Go Bella showing showing um, plenty of promising signs. I thought Go Bella and Miss Ivy League are quite evenly matched from what they've shown at their um, at their. They both come. They come through the two um, Pinjara two-year-old maidens recently, and uh, both of them have run well. I think they're evenly matched. But as far as anything outside, I think those are the three obvious. Anything outside of that, I um, I remember I did give this horse all day session a plug uh, on debut do debut back on Perth Cup Day January four. Um, got back, ran last, um, and didn't didn't perform on, on the day. It might have even been my Maddie on the day. It was quite silly, really. But anyway, I did like its uh, its trial um, on the 28th of April. I think it's going to be able to hold a spot from three. I wouldn't be surprised to see all-day session run second to Charlton Eddie, actually, Terry. Um, right. don't know. Do you see anything outside of the obvious that could uh, run on, I guess, into second or third other than Go Bella and maybe Miss Ivy League? What did you come up with? I focused my attentions elsewhere, yeah. uh, BJ. So, uh, yeah, no, I really like the run of Go Bella last start, but uh, unless Charlton Eddie trains off, um, should be winning and probably should be putting a gap on them. We'll have a look at the all-day session trial a little bit later, but uh, no, absolutely no interest here. Yeah, and all-day session obviously is uh, trained by Ash Maley, who mm. uh, looked to get his eye back in at Geraldton last Thursday. Hey. Terry, what do you have, a winning training treble? He did, he day. did. Skin and Tins carried off the grandstand and got home and a uh, couple of quite nice rides in there from Alan. So, yes, when uh, when Maley hits form, uh, we tend to Sluice hit Sluice Box win? Sluice Box, yeah. Sluice Box was one. I, I'd been waiting for that. I think I made that a uh, horse to follow a few weeks back. It's been, have, yep. uh, it's been stiff all season long. Um, I think it's quite a progressive type. Don't know if it's at the Megazone sort of category, but uh, he's really good at getting these horses from um, country maidens up to city class. Pretty blue horse, another one pretty quickly. Yep. So keep an eye on Sluice Box. I reckon, uh, reckon that might make the city grade eventually for... Ashley Maley. Yeah, yeah, it's improving every time it goes to the races, that horse. But, yeah, Charlton Eddie just wins. Keep an eye out for all-day session. I reckon it can run a cheeky race uh, in the two-year-old race on Saturday. Very good. How good's this uh, race three, the Amelia Park Handicap? How good's this for a little uh, three-year-old battle? Only the seven it's a beauty. runners, but um, a lot of sprue courses, isn't there? 
Sure is, yeah. Lots of lots of talent. Yeah, I mean, we, we all saw what Platinum Bullet did last start, uh, and we know how good Platinum Bullet was as a three-year-old uh, in the in the black type races, or especially in the earlier black type races, probably trained off a little bit. Blazing Billy has been um, absolutely smashed in betting um, at his last couple. Lording's been tough as nails with Peter Edwards on top, um, only narrowly yeah. going down to Riverboat twice in a row. Seawar is a big, uh, another big spruce horse from down south in Albany with the Wolfyard. Um, got up along the rail, but not many horses were making ground uh, on his last win. So that win probably looks a lot, uh, he's probably a lot better than it looks on paper. I should say sorry. Captain Kink sat deep the trip. It was probably a better run than Riverboat and Lording that day. Mitchell Pateman goes on. Yep. Jew West is probably going to start near the outside of the market. It's run second around the point in a sixty plus or in a in a sorry in a West Speed Platinum um, uh, last time out. And then there's Resort Man who uh, who could be the best of the lot. So cracking little race here, BJ. Excellent race. Really looking forward. One of the highlights of the card for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm. Pretty confident that uh, this this striking son of helmet resort man, big boom on this horse. I reckon he mm. can. Uh, I reckon he can get the job done. First up for Michael Lane and Curiel. Wondering what your thoughts are, Terry. Oh, I think it's a. Uh, I don't think it's a good thing, but I think it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. No, I, I. I'm very keen on Resort Man. Also, mm. BJ, I love it from a speed map point of view. I love it from a class point of view. Love it from going through the electric light trial form line. And I'm yep. not a big trial form line person, but um, electric lights come out after that trial and run a really nice third behind Fabergino Flirtini. Resort Man was a better trial. Yeah. Um, than uh, electric light. It's been nailed down with two trials. The second trial. I think Kyra was trying to go a little bit slower um, than she could. That was only on the Monday, which I don't. I'm not always big on the Monday to, to Saturday effort. But the fact that nothing was asked for, it was more just a, I don't know, just a pipe opener. I think you could say. So look, from barrier one, this is the key for me as a speed map. So I got Jew West leading. Uh, I got Lording coming across and finding the outside uh, of Jew West. Um, Resort Man will then land on the back of Jew West and I have uh, Captain Kink in the 1-1 one, one on mm. the back of Lording. Uh, from there, I'm expecting Jew West and Lording both to give a little bit of a kick. They're both they're both reasonable. They're both going to start 15-1 to here type thing, but they're both reasonably strong um, on speed horses. What I really like about this map um, for Kyra Yule uh, is the fact that she has Peter Edwards outside the leader. Peter can be an easier jockey uh, to sort of muscle. If it was a William Pike sitting in the death or um, a Mitchell Pateman, they can be a little bit harder to sort of bump out the way and get your run. But I think Lording will wobble a little bit and there'll be a, a really big gap um, with a bit of aggression from Curiel to pop through. And she'll have a nice head start on, in my mind, the main danger is obviously Platinum Bullet, yep. um, who will probably be seventh of the seven runners, and I'm sure storming late. So with that head start, uh, with the nice soft running transit, with a horse who hasn't been beaten in its last five public appearances, albeit four of them uh, at the trials, um, I'm really keen on the progressive resort, man, and um, should probably mean a happy cripper on the podcast next week as well if we can uh, get Kyra a city winner. Yeah. Yeah, he just looks... Like a pretty serious, it's a silly thing to say, really. He's only had one Bunbury Maiden win, but he just looks like a serious horse mm -hmm. resort, man. Uh, Kiri Yule just couldn't, just swinging off him um, in really in both Bunbury trials recently. She was at the playground, the, wasn't she? Yeah. The, the, mm. the key, as Terry mentioned, the 
is just space from one. Just needs that space uh, on the turn and uh, on the bend and um, in the straight, just to just galloping room really. Um, and I was just just thought that you had due west leading. I was sort of thinking Captain Kink might have a crack for the lead. He mm-hmm. may do, but he might might ease out of that. But if if your map comes no, uh, I, to I'm, fruition. I'm happy with that as well. If Captain yep. King happens to lead due west, sits outside of Captain King, that's that's fine as well. The my only yep. issue is um, if Kyra, my concern would be Kyra mm-hmm. allowing Captain King to cross and then due west crosses Captain yep. King as well. Three back defence. Yep. You're probably making your run at the same time as Platinum Bullet. That exactly, concerns yeah. me a little yep. bit more because luck, luck obviously plays a far bigger role from three back defence. So look, as long as long as we end up in the leader's back, even that leader, if that leader happened to be lording, I'm I'm fine with that. Yep. Um, um, but the, the, the reason I thought they'd be happy taking a sit on Captain Kink, and it's the same for most runners here, Captain Kink, 1,000 to 12, Due West, 1,000 to 12, Lording, 1,000 to 12. So yeah. they're all up to that 1,200-meter trip. Um, so I don't necessarily think that they'll all be as desperate to lead when they can have nice runs on speed. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I, I understand what you're saying about about Peter Peter Edwards. Um, sort of rides them on a bit of a long range, so she can float a little bit uh, in running, which which provides opportunities for you know to get up inside her runners, I suppose. So there, you know, if that if Terry's speed map plays out that way, then I can see how beneficial that is for Resort Man. I don't know. I think we're just. I think we're going to be getting what, what's it now three twenty open 380 on the local operator i think we're going to get see a price about a horse that we may not see a price about next start if you know what i mean oh, so i don't know yeah i don't know yeah i've taken it i've taken the price i don't know i was a bit uh i was it was funny when i did this market and i I'm, i feel like i might be a little bit biased but um i've marked at two dollars 65 and i've notated i expecting very strong yeah. support yeah um, I do expect there'll be money for, and there'll be interest in a few of the other runners, but I think this could be a really good horse. And I just, yeah. it just mapped so well. Um, the fact Kyra's on it, and, and it shouldn't, but when there's a Kyra, probably isn't riding all that. Well, she isn't riding all that many city winners at the moment. She's not getting the opportunities. But um, that's one reason you might see a slightly longer price than you should. But that's not a reason you should get a longer price because she's she's riding just as well um, as anybody else at the moment. So yeah, I'm pretty happy locking in anything above three fifty for now. But uh, it'll be an intriguing market late. That's 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 one thing I do know. Yeah, and if you like anything outside of Resort Man and Platinum Bullet, I think you're going to get. Some juice. Yeah. Definitely going to get some juice there. Yeah, 100%. No, it's just a cracking race. It's sort of like a, um, you know, we have the country championship finals. Mm. This is like a country championship little final for the three-year-olds. It's a good one. They're all sort of coming from... Uh, good one. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Uh, they're all sort of coming from uh, left, right and centre. And uh, it'll be interesting to get a line through horses like Seawar as well. So, um, yeah, really, really looking forward to watching it. Yeah, yeah. For me, Resort Man, very keen, one of my best of the day. Uh, mad respect for Platinum Bullet, obviously, but I've just got an inkling, as Terry does as well, that this horse could be um, the real deal, Resort Man. So, um, can, we just, can we just pause for two seconds? Yeah. Uh, just Can I just ask, did you just say mad respect? Mad respect, did I? <laughs> Yeah, okay, mad, mad respect. All right, I want that. Uh, um, I want that. That could be the poll question later. Um, are, are we allowed to use terms like mad respect, even if for an isolation? I'm channeling oh, my inner Ali G. I think mad respect. Yeah, yeah, mad respect. I can only imagine that your fingers were twisted when you said that, and you're Jesus Christ. All right, <laughs> mad respect. I like that. I'm writing that down. Actually, I'm going to use you it. Can, in this you can use it. I'll, I'll allow. Mad I'll allow. respect. 
copyright. DJ Ryan. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're uh, we're on we're in unison there. We um we were in unison a bit last mm. week and that didn't go all that well for us, BJ. So let's uh let's turn the table. The train wreck. Um, Absolute train wreck. Yeah, let's let's get our uh, our first um well, we're pretty much agreed in the first week, <laughs> pretty much. But uh, yeah, let's let's see if we can uh, let's get resort man up. I'm confident. I'm bullish. Speed Me too. Up. Love it. Me too. Good horse. Get into it. Race four, Byron Bay Premium Lager Handicap. Mm. This is a little bit it's in Byron Bay a couple of years ago. What's it like? Never been to Byron Bay. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah lots of lots of water, sand, beers, uh, TAB. Tick, 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 tick. Yeah, I there's nothing else in life, I don't think. So yeah, no, ticks, uh, ticks the majority of them. It's a it was a lot nicer weather than it currently is looking out the window at the moment. It's a little bit uh, a little bit sad outside at the moment, BJ. Yeah, a little bit wintry, which is mm, um, winter's I here. Spo- I suppose we've got to take the good with the bad. We've had a pretty good run here in Old Perth. Um, we have, we certainly have. Anyway, we can probably stop talking about the weather now for a lengthy period of time, can't we? Uh, what are we thinking here, BJ? Have you got a, a standout on top selection like I do? Oh, look, I, I really think that this. If he's going to win one, I think this is the race for Tycoon Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, he. I just, I still can't believe he got nabbed by El Tani <laughs> midweek, two starts back, oh. but he did. And um, W Pike, W Pike to the to the rescue there. Just drove El Tani over the top. Previous run behind Red Can Man was significant. Stretched Celebrity Queen the start before that. Last start was just massive in that in that. Um, sort of uh, quirky old Condor Heroes race last Saturday over the 1,000. His 800, 600, 400, 200 sectionals were the fastest of the day. I think if Lucy Warwick can keep Tycoon Legend out of trouble, this is his race. What about you? Yeah. Oh, you have to, Tim. It just tips itself, basically, doesn't it? I mean, you're talking yeah. 3.8 lengths, Red Can Man, and that it was probably stiff behind Red Can Man. You're talking 0.4 of a length, Celebrity Queen. Again, it was probably a better run than Celebrity Queen that day. Um, nabbed by Altani, but that was – Altani could be a pretty sharp one, and, and mm. Pike simply outrode her on that occasion. Sir Mambo ran third. Sir Mambo's came out and won last week. Harder uh, Kerr was in that race. It's – Going really well. Look, it should be winning, but geez, is there a horse? Do you trust hopping into three dollars, three dollars thirty about Tycoon Legend? I'm going to do it, no. so I'm, I'm I'm not saying I'm uh, I'm not going to do it, but uh, I have a lack of trust in Tycoon Legend. It's understandable. A back marker or a sit and sprinter over the thousand, eleven, twelve hundred meters is uh, fraught with danger, but it's um. Oh, it's, it's simply it's simply too hard to go past here. It just really ticks boxes. Uh, a little bit concerned about the one-week backup, actually, BJ. The, the effort last week was so good against mm. Condor Heroes. Um, yeah, just, again, the paper form probably doesn't do it justice, but um, just the one-week backup. And it was a bit of a gut buster, I think, as well, because she had to make her run from well before the bend on a fast track. But, yeah, she was um, so looking, that, that, for, looking for something to take her into the race, and not, it was just roadblocks everywhere. So Yeah, yeah. yes. So I'm um, I'm I'm very keen. I'm going to get involved. I've marked it. I mean, I've marked Tycoon Legend two dollars fifty here, which makes me feel <laughs> a little bit ill, to be honest. I don't know how I got it that short, but uh, I think it's because there's nothing else in the race. I do like else. one at a price here, and I want to have something on. Um, it will be the Maddie. It's currently only 
I think it's just short of Mandy territory, but we'll get there. Uh, Orange Strudel um, is flying at the moment, BJ. Um, really liked most of the runs this campaign. Has the ability to jump, land just behind the speed. There is a reasonable amount of speed in this without it being really, without there being any real quality involved. Um, effort against uh, Tycoon Legend in that Altani race was actually really good. Race without cover, which isn't its strength, which is yeah. our strength. Um, landing outside of Dinah Bell. Uh, um, and gave a really nice kick. Was only beaten two lengths Tycoon Legend who had the sit um, on it. So I think with Sean O'Donnell going on, that's a really big positive lands just behind him. If the rail's hot, uh, on pace is suited as expected. I think it's going to get a nice head start. Don't think there'll be any money. I think we're going to see upwards of $20 throughout betting. Um, I think it's just about a place moral. Uh, it's probably not a place moral. That's an over. I better be careful about these... Uh, <laughs> These large uh, outlandish Keep them coming. But, Keep them uh, coming. Give the listeners what they want, Terry. I have Orange Strudel, a clear second elect, and uh, I'm really, really keen to... And the thing is, Tycoon Legend can have a can have bad luck here, so I'm, I'm really keen to get involved with uh, with the pair of them uh, and make Orange Strudel my uh, my better better result for the race. Yeah. Yeah, well, she was three wide, no cover the entire from gate four yep. the other day, wasn't she? So Yeah, um, kept coming. Kept coming. Kept coming, was brave. Yeah, I can see exactly... Yeah, the... Uh, Renee Forrester, Sean O'Donnell, Gate Two. Yeah, I can see exactly where you're going with that. I uh, I've got Tycoon Legend on top. I think the um, I've I've really been. I think I don't know whether I underestimated. Yeah, I think I did. I underestimated um, Aristic, the stable mate, mm. and I've just been really impressed with um, its Ascot win on the first of April, and then its follow up Ascot win on the fifteenth of April, and then its effort behind Platinum Bullet. I uh, had to go right around them on a day where there was a cutaway rail, got back a long way out of its ground, oddly, in transit, and I just thought there was heaps of merit in that. I reckon he's, he's gone super heuristic. So uh, I think this is Different a horse. good... Different horse. Yeah, I just think that's, this is a good option for him. Um, so, yeah, Kieran McDonough, I reckon, could almost have the have the Quinella here with um, mm-hmm. Tycoon Legend and Aristic. Um Outside of that, I couldn't... You know, our man Magic Mike, Mark Sandich, has Denim Pack um, in. He um, he hasn't won for 914 days, Denim Pack, but um, he's uh, always – he's due, all right? Um, and outside of that, I think, um, yeah, I don't really want to go looking too much further, but I will say that I think Tracciato will probably start over the odds and he was sort of uh, wide off the course – on a day that was rails in run first up in a better race at uh, Ascot, but maybe the 1100 is too short. But for me, it's uh, Kieran McDonough. Uh, could be his day with um, Tycoon Legend and Aristic, um, the guru throwing out Orange Strudel as a potential place moral as well. Yes, Orange Strudel. We want to have our main bet, Tycoon Legend, but uh, we want to make our bigger winning result on Orange Strudel, which should be pretty easy at 20 or 30 to 1, I would suggest. BJ. Race five, the Crown Perth Handicap, special conditions, one metro win race uh, for mm. the um, over the 1,400 metres. I found this very difficult to get a handle on, yeah. Terry. I'm interested to hear your your thoughts on this. Uh, this is a this is a mess. I think it's probably the best way to put it. Um, speed map point of view, Sir Snuggle at two, Reverend John three, Rock and Roller six, Realised Potential nine. Uh, we'll see Ice Trade from 12 go forward and probably look for a spot on speed with cover. Um, yeah, there's not a huge amount of speed, but there's enough speed and it's probably weak enough 
uh, to really give all the horses uh, their chance here. Um, I'm not too keen on anything, but looking at early markets, uh, there is one that's come up well and truly above my price. Uh, I'm a bit concerned with the map. I'm a bit concerned with how it'll be ridden, etc., etc. But I'm going to forget all that in a race, which probably has 30 different speed maps which could unfold. Now, I really liked uh, how hard occurs come back. Uh, first up behind Altani, that race we just touched on, um, was bolting uh, the entirety, never got a run. And then yep. a week ago, um, he's come out uh, in a 72 plus. I uh, didn't really see daylight till quite late and hit the line really nicely for Chris Parnham. So Jay McNaught goes on to get a kilo and a half off down to the 59. If there's a three wide line, which I think with... Uh, realised potential involved. Even Ice Trade from 12 could get caught doing a bit of work out deep. Um, I think if Hardcore can get to the middle of track and let down and they're, and they're making a little bit of ground, that there isn't much in front of him. Yeah. Um, think I've marked him favourite, uh, just below a $5 favourite. So we're talking about $8, $59 available at the time of recording. For me, that's an easy little investment. We don't want to get too involved. But um, look, just with fire sale at the top of the market, I, I think there's got to be some value elsewhere. And um, yeah, for me, it's it's hard to occur. And uh, ice trade, the main danger, if getting a run with cover from the wide gate, which is definitely a big question mark. Um, question for you, no love for Jarman. I know you were keen on Jarman midweek last, uh, a bit stiff after bungling bungling the getaway. Um, any love for Jarman on Saturday? Yeah, a bit stiff, stiff as a board. Mm. Um, I am quite, uh, I do like Jarman as a horse, um, but I just think from barrier one, made a mess of the start first up as well. I think if you if you start making messes of starts, it's more likely to happen than unlikely to happen. So I don't want to get involved with a horse um, who will end up three or four back the fence. I don't think it's a three or four back the fence horse. So uh, we'll stay out here. All going well. Jarman can win, definitely. There's 10 winning chances in this race. Yeah, um, yeah. But the one that's gone up well and truly above my odds is hard to occur. So that's the way I'm going to go for a very small stake. Good. Yeah, so the, the reasons why you like heart of Kerr and the uh, the map race shape that you that you express is is one of the reasons reasons why I like Firemaker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's drawn thirteen. Heart of Kerr has drawn eleven. I suspect that um, Mitchell Pateman will be looking to follow Heart of Kerr potentially in a three wide line. Um, now Firemaker ran. Um, he defeated King Blitz two starts ago at Pinjarra. And then last start, he was just going, trying to squeeze up inside William Pike on I'm Pretty um, over the 1,400 metres there and just got sort of jammed between I'm Pretty and another horse that's in this race. I'm pretty sure it was Unbreakable, who mm-hmm. just sort of laid out at that, at that exact moment. Mitchell Pateman had to grab hold. The horse then got hit over the nose by the whip of another uh, rider. Um my view is that had the split come, I reckon he would have gone very close to running down I'm Pretty. So Firemaker's in really good form, uh, as is the rider, Mitchell Pateman. It's going to be ridden cold, so, you know, get back, get back run on type at Ascot, um, as Terry mentioned earlier on the podcast, fraught with with danger. I just feel like the, the, the speed is weak, as, as, as Terry mentioned as well. Um, Almost certain of a three-wide line. Yeah. Heart of Kaua and Firemaker look the two that can peel out into the middle lanes of the track and, and they've got the closing speed to really 
make an impact. Um, so I've gone for for FireMaker on top. I do like um, Hardcore as well, and you know the 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 obvious fire sale and ice trade have to be have to be um, considered. But for me, I just feel like this is the the race for FireMaker. Wouldn't be surprised to see old. Um, Sir Snugglelot run a bit of a cheeky race out in front, but in a tough race, um, suspect that Firemaker's going to get the last crack at him, racing well, in form. Um, yeah, that's the way I'm going. No, I, I do like Firemaker as well. I um, I reckon if a, a different version of me was doing the uh, the markets last night, I could have just about had Firemaker favourite. He's, uh, he's actually above my price as well, so there's another we could consider. But just something I wanted to mention with Firemaker, BJ, 27 career starts, uh, only once got above 1,200 metres. That was over the 1,300 metres. Last three, arguably three of its better career outings at 15, 15, 1400. It's taken a long time, but they finally got out to a journey. It is absolutely flying. Beat King Blitz two starts ago. That form looks pretty good. And I agree with you. Last start, I thought it was the run of the race behind I'm Pretty and uh, and Trump this. So, Trump um, this ran second, didn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. absolutely mow to the line. And uh, yeah, I, I can uh, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Definite winning chance in a, in a very open race, Firemaker. Yeah, it is an <laughs> it is an open race. It's um it and there's it's one of a series uh, on Eurythmic Stakes Day of really tough open wide open handicaps. But um, that's what we're here for to 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 try and work um work out the puzzle. So we're doing our best. Uh, Terry sides with Heart of Quir and I am with Firemaker. Very good. Race six, first leg of the late quaddy. Yes, the first leg of the late quaddy, and this looked a thin old race. Uh, the 1,600 metres, Kieran Megumi handicap for the 72-plus rated horses. Are you excited, Terry? Oh, I am excited. I, I, I struggle to get too excited because the price, it's almost disappointing that there's not that much competition because I think this horse mm. is absolutely bolting and could probably beat a... Uh, a far superior field, but um, it's obviously Megazone I'm, I'm talking about here. Um, first up, huge uh, against Patton behind Black Ducati um, over the 1,200 metres, and second up, uh, they went forward, tried to find a spot, sat deep the trip, and was only beaten 2.1 lengths. Um, that was a seven days ago, and that was a far stronger field. Um, it it still looked like winning too, didn't it, at like yeah. the 200? Jeez, it was a big run. Certainly did. I think Jade's copped the sack, which I think is probably a bit stiff for a horse that she's ridden pretty well um, throughout its career. Um, but uh, Al, Big Al, goes on board. Alan Kennedy, who's riding a few winners for Ashley Maley at the moment. Um, he should be able to slot in midfield. The mile, never won over the mile, but the two efforts at the mile last campaign, which were his first two goes at the mile, were, uh, were both really, really strong efforts. Should have won um, when second to Midnight Sky in a 72 plus. Found a little bit of trouble late, Jay did. And, and then went down uh, to over there um, at his final run before a spell. So, how, um, did, how did that happen? Yeah, I think he might have just had enough. That was probably actually mm. slightly disappointing. Despite coming from last and running second, uh, he really had the race there to be won. So that probably was slightly disappointing. But it was the end of a very long campaign. So we'll forgive that one. Uh, very simply, it should be winning this. Uh, Settles midfield should just wander past them and uh, I've marked him $2.30 and I can't see where any other money comes. It's simply just incredibly thin, this race. So um, 
is the main danger on paper has got to be juicing carrots, but from barrier 11, what's going to happen there is, is he going to be able to find a 1-1 slot in on the back of a horse like Bella's Idol or something? A lot needs to go right for that to occur. Um, he's going to be the hardest to get past, but um, Megazone for me and um, my, my second pick, um, in the race and the big improver it's only 10 to 1 at the moment I reckon it starts 25 to 1 is Fair Scenari um, forget it went around first up over 1100 sat 47 deep throughout against Red Can Man and then sat deep again from another wide gate in the Diggers Cup went 11 to 1800 it was just the wrong structured um, campaign thus far so third up um, 18, 1600 metres sorry good gate can lead or potentially take a sit better horse leading um, improves markedly but with the 60 kilos um should be a sitting duck for megazone late i would suggest bj yeah he's had a couple of gut busters old ferret scenario to kick mm. off his campaign um but i'm with you i think he, he's a he's a significant improver third up um i just think this is just this is just looks set up so sweetly for megazone um a bit like you i, I wish this race was a little bit deeper to be honest um I th and he just just looks it just looks almost immoral, really. Um, I'm, with, <laughs> I'm with you with price-wise. I just think just the first two runs back, he just really – and you pegged him early. Um, he just looks like a really smart horse on the rise. He's tough. Um, quick backup, shouldn't worry him. Maley just clicking into gear again. I reckon Alan Kennedy's riding really well. I've been watching him a bit, um, some of the things he's been doing, Geraldton, Albany. It looks like he's got the eye of the tiger at the moment. Um, obviously happy, healthy, hungry. Um, just, yeah, Megazone just ticks all the boxes for me. I, I think that Bella's Idol is, um, I, I thought that horse's, Diggers Cup run was better than it looked on paper. Held up behind, um, at a crucial stage just prior to straightening. Actually got going again late. Previous run behind Mystery Miss and um, Touch of Silver reads reads well enough. Likes the, the Ascot mile as well, so no surprise to see Bella's Idol bounce back. The other horse I just wanted to mention, because you've got a better handle on the Crayfish Coast than I have, how do you expect Pinsun to go? Uh, the mile. Would have loved this over... 1400 meters so, so um, it was 14 what, what would you be doing if it was a 1400 meter i would it would be a clear second elect um yep. pinson's last effort was so big in Geraldton. Yep. um but it's just i hate when there's multiple questions asked and he you're asking your horse to travel obviously and then you're asking it to go 1200 to 1600 you just you're just asking too much basically um there's just too many variables and they all have to Basically, all your ducks have to be in a line for victory. So I really like Pinsun as a horse. It's a um, it's it fits into my Matt Prittis theory. Um, I've probably told you my Matt Prittis theory in the past. Basically, no matter what level it plays at, it performs at the same. Uh, it performs to that same uh, same level basically. So whether mm. you're in, whether you're in the waffle, you win a Sandover, you go to the AFL, win a Brownlow. Basically, just the same level throughout. It doesn't excel anymore in the waffle than he does in the AFL, and that's the same as Pinsun. Goes to Geraldton, battles away, comes to town. Battles away. He can go into 72 plus. He's always competitive. He's just a competitive horse. Loves the fight. But, um, yeah, 1,600 metres from a 1,200 last start. It's uh, it's not for me, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. I think he'll run well, but I'm with you there. Just that that multiple queries there. Um, would have liked to have seen him at a 14. That would have been pretty sweet. But, um, mm. but yeah, this looks like the day for Megazone. I'd be surprised if he gets rolled, to be honest. 
Yep, me too. I'd be very, uh, very surprised. Uh, it just worries me hopping into the shorts, Megazone. I've yeah. only done it once in the past, and he, um, I've done it twice. I did it once in Geraldton, actually, and uh, defeated both times, but um, the horse doesn't know what price it is, so that's definitely not the way to look at it. Um, Megazone should be winning, and um, look, you could have made a case to mark Megazone under even money here, to be honest. It's, it just looks that well set up. But um, look, I've marked him $2.30, and he should be getting the job done. Good stuff. Race seven is the Schweppes handicap, 1,200 metres, uh, 72 plus um, brigade here. Uh, yeah, interesting interesting race. Uh, obviously, the um, all eyes, I guess, well, the, the, the biggest talking point within the race is Massimo um, back at the races after he was scratched last Saturday due to a jaw abscess. So hard to know mm. uh, how that has... Obviously, any setback isn't ideal, so he's had an interrupted preparation. How is that going to impact um, his ability to produce his best on the day? Does get a really suitable map from gate two. He's going to be asked to carry 61 as well, so there's a, li- there's a few little um, few little things, a few little queries floating around about um, the top weight Massimo. He's uh, anywhere between $1.95 and two thirty on the um, various markets at the moment. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this race plays out from a market point of view. Um, I imagine that you'll be taking him on, Terry. Am I right or wrong? Uh, I will be at, at yep. those prices. Yeah, he, he marks under my quote. Um, look, gun to my head, I'd probably just about have him on top, I think. Uh, it's a real tough one in, in that sense. Um, we, we obviously can't answer those questions. He's a horse mm. that tends to drift late in betting anyway. So that uh, that opportunity might arise. But I've marked him about Massimo um, 260, Black Ducati 320. Um, so I've got the market a lot tighter than it currently is. Black Ducati, it's it's really about the map um, for Black Ducati. I've got my Demi holding the top double bubble coming across and landing outside of my Demi from barrier eight. If Black Ducati can get across um, son of Bacchus in barrier six, I think he can probably grab the back of double bubble. Um, it's not really my strength. It's your strength being able to get horses from wide gates into the one to one, but I'm going to try and, uh, I'm going to try and channel that from you here. I think black G caddy can just about find the one, one Massimo finds the back of the leader. And from there, it's uh, it'll be really interesting viewing. Um, I think one of the pair should win. The only blowout in my mind would be if the rain comes far more, uh, if there's far more precipitation than uh, we expect, and it's sort of still a soft seven by Saturday, then obviously Double Bubble has to come into it. It's just a out-and-out wet tracker. But um, at the current prices, uh, a slight lean to a Black G Caddy around the 5 550 markets. That's an easy bet for me. Okay, yeah, there's a bit in this actually. I mean, we've uh, we've had uh, we've had fun with, more well, mostly fun with Cryptic Love. Um, she's got she's got heaps of ability. Oh, Nelson's Flight's a good horse on his day. First up, twelve hundred has has run um, big races. First up, twelve hundred meters in the in previous campaigns in the in the wet too. Yeah, um, my Demi um, chased home Laver Rod the other day after doing all the work outside the leader. This second tier of horses, do you just think there's a big gap though between Massimo and Black Ducati than the, the, the next tier of horses? That's yeah. that's what I came up with. It's just a big, big gap from those top two to the rest of them. Yeah, for sure. And then and then I'm sure people will be wanting to have money on Son of Bacchus, Double Bubble and Lido Beach, lightly weighted Lido Beach second mm. up as well. So it's it's got, yeah, I'm going to be fascinated by how the, the market plays out. I think you hit the nail on the head with Black Ducati. Um, if he gets in, if he gets in with cover, it's the biggest obvious danger to to Massimo. If it if if 
Chrissy Parnham coming off a treble yesterday, happens to land three wide, no cover. Obviously, that brings in to um, that, that's that's trouble, I guess. That is, that um, is trouble, definitely. That's yeah. trouble. So, um, I, I just, you know, my faith in Massimo, um, obviously, in Pike and Durant, unquestionable, but. Um, and I just feel like he's just going to get the right run for him, stalking stalking leaders from from two. 61 kilos is a steadier, but he's just got so much class about him, this horse. And a couple of times when the chips were down last prep, he just he just sort of dug in, found a way to win, knocked off some pretty good horses in the process. I feel like I feel like his class edge over this this lot is is going to play out again on Saturday. Got a bit against him coming off a setback, 61 kg second up. But um, my gut feel is that he's just going to be able – him and Pike are going to be able to find a way to get the job done. So Massimo on top for me, and I'm suspecting um, a lot healthier odds than the, the current short um, quote uh, available. Uh, Massimo, as Terry said before, does have a habit of um, drifting late uh, on Betfair, um, closer to start time, so I'll be, I'll be waiting patiently for him to get out to, to a more, more backable price for me. Mm-hmm. I like it. Should be a good, uh, good head-to-head battle, and we can get a gauge on exactly where Massimo's at. Yeah. Do you, do you give Do you give Nelson's flight a sneaky at all, or not? No, no I no. don't know. No, no, I really do think the two best horses. Nelson's doesn't. Nelson's is a very good fresh horse, and I've been found. Uh, I've been caught out by Nelson's a couple of times in the past, but um, oh, I, I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't completely say no. Actually, about Nelson's mm. flight fresh, it's a stable. It can um, can have them. Uh, Ready to go. Watch watch betting. That's what I'd say is, is watch betting. But I, could be my Maddie. Could be my Maddie. Yeah, it could be. I, I do I do think there's a, a class gap between the um the top two runners in this field and the rest. So um yeah. Black Ducati at the current prices for me, but no surprise to see um to see Massimo come out and get the job done and potentially at a backable price late on Betfair. Good stuff. Race eight is the Eurythmic Stakes, hundred thousand dollar, twenty one hundred meter race. Uh, a lot of these horses are coming via uh, the Diggers Cup. There's a couple that are coming out of the the WA Cup. We got the Freeze them off coming out of a Geraldton Cup mm. as well. So there's there's some conflicting uh, form lines here. Um, how do we line them up, Terry? What, what's uh, what's your play in uh, the Eurythmic Stakes? Red Army's just come out as well from what oh. I uh, can view here, which is a little bit disappointing. It's a ten cent deduction for a horse that probably well he couldn't win. I don't think from the from the gate with Alon, so it was going to find it difficult. But um, I am going to tip a horse. I like when I find a horse that I've never tipped or really liked or probably respected enough, and I, I just simply think it just ticks every box, shouldn't be losing, and that's what got lucky. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too heavily involved in a race that just doesn't have a map. It just doesn't have any type of... Oh, I have no confidence in who's going to lead this race. I mean, you, there's a chance Lord Fandango tries to roll through. There's a chance Noir de Rue goes forward um, third up. Uh, I, I don't think it's impossible that Ukgard Lockie even lands outside the speed here. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, you've got Mystery Miss, Touch of Silver, Western Temple, freeze them off. They simply can't go forward. They just don't have the, the gate speed to go forward. Western Temple at a stretch maybe could, but the others just simply don't have the gate speed to go forward. So I don't like getting involved in a race which I can't, map how it's going to all work out but Ukgart Lockie took care of the majority of these last start it's a Justin Warwick horse getting up in trip it, it just ticks a lot of boxes in that sense for me um, 
I can't, yeah, I just simply can't go past him. And I, I've marked him $2.40, VJ, which is probably looks a bit thin, but um, there just wasn't much else in the race to, to, to get involved with. Mystery Miss was disappointing last time out to say the least really entitled to do a lot more and that, that if you go back to the previous effort that was just a perfect race set up so um I, i'm not convinced on mystery miss the advantage she has is the barrier she can handle land a lot closer um she's the obvious danger we can never put a line through a um grant nalana williams mm. train stay up but, the, but the, there's no no trap for fools just to take her out of her comfort zone at the 800 which is what happened in the diggers wasn't it like so the yep. previous start, she suck, 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 got the split and out sprinted him, really. But when the pressure went on um, 800 metres from home with um, Trap for trap for Fools, uh, handlebars down in the Diggers' Cup, just got just got taken straight out of her comfort zone and just couldn't go with him, could she? Like King Blitz made, yeah. it, King Blitz made it look ordinary last start. I just don't think the, the, that type of pressure is she's going to encounter that type of pressure on on Saturday. She, she, didn't she get that type of pressure two starts ago um, when they went mad? Corporate Larrikin led that race. Uh, there was nothing in it. Yeah. Touch of Silver ended up running second, but she seemed to always travel well and always travel the winner. Last time out, she just didn't travel that same way, and it just uh, it concerns me. I, I do know what you mean, and um, I actually was. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask you: mm -hmm. whether you think she would be one of the horses suited by the um, lack of speed yes. in this? Yeah, um, absolutely. Which is which is why if I'm Justin Warry which is why I probably needed to do something about that. Ah, so you think we're going to see a little bit of a Nawada Roo go forward and put a little bit of tempo into it? Well, I think it has to. I, don't, I just think mm -hmm. that who else is going to lead? Um, and I think um, Nawada Roo is, just looks the, the obvious leader for me, unless they want to lead with Lord Fandango, but I suspect they don't um, after it sort of uh, popped pretty badly in the um, WA Cup. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking Nwadaru will roll forward, and as you said, I'm I'm pretty confident Lukard Loki will come forward with it, and maybe Nwadaru leads um, with Lukard Loki leads at at a, at a speed quick enough for Lukard Loki to drop in on the rail and follow it in transit in single file, if you know what I mean. So um, that that sounds a bit like you're you're talking about team riding here, BJ. No, no, not necessarily. It's just it's just Nwadaru's uh, is a is a um, has is led before in the past. Um, wouldn't necessarily be uh, out of the question to see him roll forward in a race without pace. U Utgard Loki was 1-1 in the Diggers Cup the other day. Um, he wouldn't want to be behind Mystery Miss, I wouldn't have thought. Um, so, and there's, what, Paddy Shadow, Maserati, frees him off. You, there's just nothing else. There's nothing else there. Um, so I just suspect that that's the, that just looks for me, that looks the natural play. Nwadaru and Ukgard Loki roll forward and Nwadaru is a pretty tough star as well. If, if he gets his own way out in front, who knows? He might just keep boxing on. I've got him as the only, um, as only the the third and only other chance in the race. Yeah. Um, Ukgard Loki, Mr. Miss and, and Nwadaru are the only three I could consider as... Uh as real winning chances here, um, BJ, I'm actually surprised. Looking at the current markets, they're only, they're only pretty fresh, but Nwadaru is actually uh, the outsider of the field besides Maserati. So um, that surprises me that it's a longer price and frees them off. And Paddy Shadow, oh, surprised me it's a longer price than all of them, actually. Mm -hmm. So um, there might be something in that. Might be a bit of juice in the 16 to 1 about Nwadaru, I'd suggest. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. He was my second pick, actually. I just felt like if he – just the way that the Warwick – Justin Warwick stayers are going at the moment. We saw another one win again yesterday in 
Petticoat Junction, um, Volks, mm-hmm. Volkswagen Frank uh, won 2200 meter race last Saturday. Um, Nuadaru's two runs have um, basically been, you know, glorified barrier trials so far this prep. I reckon straight to the front with Chris, an informed, confident Chris Parnham on front. He's a tough stayer, Nuadaru. Woodguard Loki wouldn't want to be, um, wouldn't want to be soft late because if he is, Nuadaru will be. Very hard to get past, um, especially left alone out in front. Uh, I think look, Woodguard Loki will win, but I actually suspect Nwadaru is the biggest danger for me. Okay, I like it. Mm. Definitely one of those three. It'll be a three-out quaddy leg, and I'll probably uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be backing Woodguard Loki and probably saving on Nwadaru. That was after I hopped into Mystery Miss last start, so you can probably uh, you can probably read the script there, can't you, Bernard? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, the wizard probably pulls something out of the hat, as he often does, and uh, and foil the the boys here at the one one. Um, moving on to race nine, it's that time again, Terry. What is it? What's what, what do we call this race? The Get Out Stakes, G O S. Now the Get Out Stakes, S T E A K S. Market sponsored by Market City Meats. Very, very popular Twitter-based competition. If you'd like to enter the Get Out Stakes, please, at the 1-1 pod on Twitter, who you think will win this particular race and a decimal winning margin, send that through and you could be in the running for a delicious gourmet beef package from the largest retail butcher shop in Perth down at uh, the Market City Meats on Bannister Road, Canning Vale. Um, now this is uh, this is a tough, tough race to uh, you think so? narrow down a uh, a get out stakes selection. I reckon we'll get we'll I reckon that people will be uh, throwing in some 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 varied varied selections. Unlike what we have been experiencing recently, where it's been kind of kind of narrow and coming down to the margin. I suspect that there's going to be people liking a few different runners in this race at least. Oh well, potentially. I uh, I only really had one runner that uh, got under eight dollars in my market, so um, I'm very confident here, BJ. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish with a, a degree of confidence for the card. Well, I'm gonna finish with a degree of confidence in the card anyway. Um, this race looks to have an absolute uh, a bucket load of speed in it. Um, Corporate Larian from Barrier 18, obviously coming a couple after scratchings, will fly across and and uh, blinkers go on the old boy which uh, I don't think he wears the blinkers uh, all that often but the blinkers go on the old boy so he'll be flying across and um, as per usual probably paddling late uh, that's funny as barrier 2 23 red barrier 5 midnight banquet 15 potentially locomotive 17 uh, wouldn't surprise me if they actually ride locomotive cold he went really well in a trial uh, a few back so it wouldn't surprise me if they look to see if he can sit and sprint this is a good uh, good chance for that to occur. The other option is they try and hop underneath Corporate Larrick and come across and tail him into the race. But uh, plenty of speed. It's all pretty weakish speed as well. Nothing I've got too much time for. I really do believe that this race will give uh, any horse the chance to win with a nice patient ride. I think something will be finishing over the top of them late. And to me, Tollman stands out by... Uh, an absolute country mile. Um, Tollman has been absolutely huge the last few. His effort behind King Blitz two starts back now looks even better um, with King Blitz coming out and winning 
um, that black type race, uh, the Diggers, Diggers Cup. Cup. Sorry, yes, it, the name escaped me. Uh, two starts ago, uh, last start for King Blitz. Uh, he actually took a fair old bump from King Blitz in that race too, and was arguably coming at it again um, on the line. So, really impressed by that effort. Um, should have beaten, not should have beaten. It was a tough ride from the from the gate, um, but was a good thing beaten behind Divine Shadow yeah, last start. Won. He was just at a hundred at, at the hundred. Darren basically called it over, and it did look over and. Um, I think we were on Divine Shadow, so I was. We were counting yep. out, counting our money, and um, yeah, the way he extended and chased late, I thought that was just uh, that was just super. Just said, I'm going to be winning our horse race. Yeah, got a bit awkward late, didn't it, for the Divine Shadow players? Certainly <laughs> did. Um, but the key for for me with Tollman here. I'm not too perturbed about the wide gate in the slightest, to be honest. I think it's a better horse-ridden cold. If you go back to his run uh, and his win, uh, I think it was four starts ago against Sakaya, they went well above benchmark, um, and that was a really fast-run race. He travelled so well throughout in a fast-run race and just finished all over the top of him. So with Corporate Larrikin engaged from a wide gate, they're going to go um, a fair way above benchmark here, I'd suggest, and I think he'll let that up, and I think he'll be the strongest late. Um, the 1800 metres might be a question mark for some, but he's, he's looked so strong over 1600, 1675 that I'm not really worried about the 1800. Um, the obvious concern is just you need some luck when you're trying to win a race from, from back in the field. You need the right card up. You need the right uh, the right gap to appear if that's how he's ridden. But um, look, I'm going to back Mitch in. You're getting nearly five to one. I've marked him shorter than that, PJ. I don't even want to say my price. I've marked him um, a tick under three to one, which is probably... Probably a bit thin. It's probably just making sure I'm on it, basically. But um, <laughs> look, Tollman, and uh, he's one of my uh, must, must, must back Tollman. Must be, yeah. He's marked a dollar ten, so uh, I have to be on. Uh, but yeah, he's one of my uh, one of my best of the day. Really confident, and um, I'm expecting him to zoom uh, past them late. Bj, um, notable mentions to Nice Go and Upward others, who I think, and Watch Me Nano, who I think can run. Big races. Um, have a look for them, maybe for late specs on Betfair if we can get a big price. But uh, Tollman, for me, BJ, comfortably on top. Yeah, I, I'm, I can see where you're going there with Tollman, 100%. He was, it was remarkable how well he attacked the line um, last up. Probably wasn't entitled to get as close to Divine Shadow as he did, but that was this, that was real class, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Late. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the King Blitz form line is about as good as it gets at the moment. So I can 100% see where you're going there. I've got Tollman um, as a, as one of my main winning chances, obviously, as well. I ended up I ended up coming back to Watch Me Nene. Um, it's one of your favourite songs as well. That's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Me Nene. Well, <laughs> Watch Me Nene. Oh, um, he, can we edit that out? He... <laughs> He, um, uh, I sort of threw him out first up as a horse to, to, to watch and ran on nice. Then he jumped out of the ground for third behind uh, Dark Choice, second up at the mile with Paul Harvey on board. Complete forgive run midweek with Chloe as a party on board. Four wide, no cover the entire. It was a, it was a hot rails day. It was just, yeah, um, just put a line through that that performance. I think Paul Harvey going back on board, obvious positive. He um, he gets his horse to go 1,800 metres. I think he's going to be sort of back with and making a run with Tollman. Can he out-sprint Tollman? Um, good question. I think Watch Me Night, Watch Me Nene grinds yep. Tollman sprints. But perhaps, perhaps um, 
Yeah, Tollman's, um, I wonder if Tollman's going to be behind Watch Me Nene or not. That's going to be interesting. But regardless, I think that the this race will be run will be won by something running on from worse than midfield. Uh, that could be Watch Me Nene. That could be uh, Tollman. Um, could be Dark Choice as well. Um, maybe even Barramagic. But, um, but yeah, for me... I, uh, I've, I've been following Watch Me Nay Now. I reckon it's it's going to win one this prep, and this is uh, as as good as opportunity as it'll get. Uh, Tollman, the obvious horse to beat for all the reasons that Terry outlined. Flying for for Paul Roberts uh, down in Capel uh, looks looks um, looks ready to to win. Um, yeah, so many chances. Terry Terry mentioned Nice Go and Upwards Others, which were some horses to follow from the from the podcast in recent times. Um, so there's a bit there's a bit happening. There's a bit happening in this race. Terry has narrowed his focus, so he's zoomed right in to to Tollman. I am um, I am looking at uh, Watch Me Nay Nay at a each way quote to finish Eurythmic Stakes Day at Ascot on Saturday. Very good. A card I'm quite uh, quite excited about. We're going to um, erase the uh, the mental scars of last week with a, with a big day on the punt. I'm I'm sure. Fingers crossed, Terry. Uh, moving on now to the best betting proposition of the day. What? Um, tell the listeners what's the guru's best go at Ascot on Saturday. Well, uh, Megazone, in my little bit of paper, my pen and paper, you know I like my pen and paper, BJ, is written down, just because I think it's a, uh, well, it just it just simply shouldn't be losing on paper, but um, mm. it was sort of $2.80, $3 when I wrote that down, which made it my best betting proposition, but as you know, I like to do mine by price, so um, we're going to change that, and we're going to have to... Um, and we're going to have to make that Tollman, who's still uh, around the $5 mark. Um, so Tollman is my best betting proposition for the day. But, um, yeah, Megazone will be winning. I'm pretty confident as well, BJ. Yeah, I'm very confident Megazone will be winning also. But my best betting proposition of the day is Resort Man in the three-odd race. Resort Man ah. in race three is my best go on Saturday. Very good. I like it. And uh, Maddie, BJ, have you come up with? Uh, you mentioned a couple today. Actually, you didn't mind the price. Have we? Uh, have we narrowed it down? Have you narrowed your focus down to uh, one in particular? Yeah, yeah. I my Maddie is Nelson's flight from gate one. Paul Harvey on board. Fresh is is run some good fresh twelve hundred meter races in the past. Uh, pretty good horse on his day. Nelson's mm. flight to to show some cheek. Currently thirty four dollars. Almost got almost got a, a, a Maddie result last Saturday with the Tiger yeah. Move running mm. running second at fifteen dollars BSP a, a hole in the two yard race last Saturday. So hopefully Nelson's flight can um, can continue um, some value here for the listeners. So Dion's getting some big price horses to run some pretty big races. Dion Luciani, that mm. is, is um, consistently getting some, especially the youngsters. But he's um, he's training really well. I, I I think he's he's definitely someone to keep a closer eye on in regards to some uh, some value runners. But just in regards to your Maddie, then Nelson's fight. I'm just having a look at the market now. It's the biggest ruffie in the field. That's yep. um. That's crazy because it is the horse. I, I love a, a Maddie or, or a Ruffy that um, has the potential upside that a horse like Nelson's Flight does. We haven't seen it race. It could be absolutely humming first up, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's no way it's the biggest outsider in that field. I'd um, have it probably fifth in line after Massimo Blackjacati, Cryptic Love and Double Bubble. I think um, Nelson's Flight would deserve to be just after those four. So um, I, like, uh, I like what you're uh, putting down there. I'm picking up what you're 
putting down there. There you go. Um, but for me, uh, I'm going to go with uh, orange strudel. Yeah, I like my, it. Uh, I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite. Uh, I'm quite keen to have something uh, on orange strudel. Expecting Tycoon Legend to get the job done. Um, but he's a horse that uh, we've expected to get the job done many a time in the past, and he hasn't. So, um, orange strudel, twenty to one. Let's have something on. Good. I might even have something on orange strudel. You've you've oh. you've twisted my arm there, Terry. But um, I can sell ice to an Eskimo, mate. Yeah, yeah. That um, that is good. So we're all set there. We've locked in our best betting proposition. We've locked in our Maddies uh, for the listeners. Now moving on to our next segment, which is horses to follow. Um, mm. what, have, what what have you got on your list? Yeah. There, Terry? Yeah, a couple. There. They're all from last uh, from last Saturday, so nothing too uh, too expansive. Uh, the main one I want to be following next. Uh, I think it'll. I think uh, she'll win. She'll. Yeah, I think she'll win um, wherever she goes next start. I presume there'll be a nice little 72 plus or something of that nature. Staying event. Uh, British Bessie uh, was only having a second run. Uh, pretty hot tempo when Proxy took off and went and uh, went mad. I'm not sure what they were thinking there after Proxy <laughs> ran a pretty big race in the Jelton Cup before then. It just seemed, seemed absolutely crazy. But um, British Bessie kept coming, hit the line really nicely, quickest final splits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, she should be cheering up third up. Um, Festival Miss, huge run with the Apprentice on. I huge, think if we can find a race huge, where we, yeah. if we can get Pike on from a good gate, I think Festival Miss is, um, is really coming of age this campaign. Previous effort against angelic ruler um i'm pretty sure she ran all the quickest splits again yep. that race so festival miss that's continually putting a few together and um the final runner if we can uh, find a nice little 60 plus or even a 66 plus uh is laufey laufey um was pike went for the moshard type ride on laufey and it didn't work out um was absolutely bolting throughout so um pretty confident that laufey as long as they stay in it's great i mean i don't know why they're continually hopping to races yeah. well and truly above um pay grade but um laufey should be winning a race very shortly bj yeah they're my three Lawfey was on my list as well. He was uh, uh, he was more. very very stiff. Like Pikey was all over heels trying to get him out, and um, the wizard was unable to weave his magic on that occasion. But as we often say, it, he's uh, he's unlikely to make the same mistake twice. So um, on the same horse. So for me, I actually thought that the run of mankind was really encouraging first up over a thousand meters last Saturday had a few had a few favors but I just I like the way that he just he just stuck on and he's really becoming a horse you can trust so I, I think he's he's in for another another big prep from the Hayden Ballantyne stable um didn't mind the effort of a horse called Gifted Warrior at Bunbury last Sunday. He's um, He should be ready to rock and roll now, third up, next start. If they pl- find a nice race for him, and with Belmont just around the corner as well, it's probably suited also. I think he's just about ready to win. And there was two horses that um, caught the eye, would have caught most people's eye at um, Ascot yesterday. The debut performance of New Amsterdam, was significant in in race three launched late between runners just failed to um, run down my blue boy but new amsterdam looks like a horse with some scope and perhaps the 
performance of the day or the best losing performance of the day was Oxbridge, another three-year-old from the Steve Wolf yard. He's had eight individual three-year-old winners this season, Steve Wolf, and um, Oxbridge came out of an Albany maiden win and um, did so much wrong and still managed to get within three-quarters of a length of the $1.50 pop. Stella Dore, Ascot yesterday, looks like he's got a bit of a bright future as well, Oxbridge. Bit of a Billy Jack form line as well, going back to our, our first race preview with um, yeah. with Oxbridge. And yeah. uh, yeah, our Gifted Warrior was another one I, I did want to mention that actually. Mm. I uh, failed to do so, but Gifted Warrior, that race, even though it was uh, at um, Bunbury, that was as good a country race you will ever see. And it was probably the run of the race. So, um, yeah, they've, the, the boys have done really well to get a, a horse that they've probably had a few issues with, I presume. Yeah, I so. um, yeah. Back on track, it was, it was definitely aesthetically a, a very pleasing. Yeah, effort. Good stuff. Now, Terry, top-notch trialers. I uh, I did notice that one one horse that you and your friends happen to have a share in called the Italian Job, um, who listeners would be familiar with. He gets the odd mention here on the one one. The Italian Job. He trialed uh, at Bunbury. Um, any thoughts for the for the for the listeners? No, not really. He went okay. Uh, might have another trial. They'll see how he goes. But um, we'll not top notch. Everyone, no, not top notch. No, 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 not maybe middle notch. Maybe just below middle notch. Uh, look, he was he was okay. He, yeah, it's, it's it's a shame we're talking about it actually because it was that mediocre um, that it really doesn't deserve any more airtime. So done. Bang. Good. Okay. So my <laughs> top notch trialers on the same day. Um, there was there was plenty to work with at the Bunbury trials again. Uh, on when was that on monday mm-hmm. the 4th of Call may off. now unfortunately the last what was it last seven trials had to be called off due to the due to the weather so um there was plenty of other um plenty of other thoroughbreds there that i really wanted to get a get a look at um moving forward but from what i did see there was there was plenty on offer um i just lou luciani loves these 400 meter trials and he's obviously passed that theory on to his son Dion because Dion's a big fan of them as well but he's got this this um this breeze up trial um attitude with his horses it just gives them a nice little pipe opener over the uh 400 meters now again he had he had four of the five runners in heat six at Bunbury they were prim and proper Marachino three E's and naughty thoughties who's in the two-year-old race at Ascot on Saturday I thought they all went pretty good but prim and proper Marachino and three E's all um Lulu Chani trained three-year-olds they just they moved really well in that little in that breeze up I suspect all three of them are gonna um are gonna have pretty pretty successful preparations prim and proper is obviously pretty pretty talented tons of filly uh, on her day um was one of our better two-year-olds last season and um and marachino and threes are, are horses that just give me the impression that they're going to be able to uh, gradually work their way through the grade so check out the replay of heat six 400 meter trial at bunbury on monday just pencil in um those luluciani runners into your into your black book i think they they could be horses to to follow in the coming weeks very good. They certainly are the master of the uh, the 400-metre trial, aren't they, BJ? Yes. Yeah, that is one thing. The 400-metre trial is one thing that I do struggle to wrap my head around, but I've, I've definitely um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I've definitely become more appreciative of them as a, as a, a fitness tool, and I see that Luke Fernie does a bit of it as with his young horses especially as well. Um, initially, if I saw – 
early days when I saw 400 meter trials, I just was immediately um, suspicious of them. But they seem to be coming a bit more. Um, I, I guess I can have a bit more trust when when viewing them and um, and seeing what what emerges from them as well. So another another learning there with uh, with some of the training methods and how that translates to. To race day, so um, so yeah, but uh, Lou Luciani and Son Dion are uh, two of the main um, uh, people, two of the main trainers that utilise the 400 metre breeze ups. Now moving on to our whatever happened to segments, we had a bit, yeah, we had a bit going on on our Twitter feed last Friday and Saturday, Terry, because um, some of our whatever happened to um, uh, emerge at the trials on Monday. They were chocolate holic. Um, he's back from a he was back from a long long absence. I thought he trolled up pretty well at Bunbury on Monday, as did Material Man. His first hit out for Jason Miller. He looks in good order, and unfortunately, we didn't get to see the unbeaten Western Pride trial. Um, she um, she was in one of the heats that got abandoned due to the weather. But hopefully, we get to see her emerge soon. So Western Pride unbeaten Cerise and White Peter's investments runner. Speaking of. Uh, Peter's Investments, Giulio Santorelli on Tab Radio this morning flagged that windstorm is just about ready to go. Terry, what do you think of that? Yeah, very excited. Um, We obviously uh, flagged windstorm as a potential... uh we had a little bit of a poll a while ago, didn't we? The windstorm might be the better horse than Superstorm. She's uh, well, he's got a uh, he's got a fair old mountain to climb to uh, to get to that type of level. But uh, yeah, very uh, very excited about the t- uh, return of um, Windstorm. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to to seeing what um, how he comes back this preparation. Been in work since March, April, I believe, so he couldn't be too far away from resuming. And and Julia also confirmed during the week that Man Booker who we've been tracking through our Whatever Happened To segments, he is ready to he's ready to take his place in what looks to be potentially an awesome Roma Cup coming up at Ascot next Saturday. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's, the stars are going to be out in force next Saturday, hopefully. Where did they run the Roma Cup last year? Belmont or Ascot? Ascot. It's traditionally been a Belmont, it's traditionally been a Belmont race, though, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the last two... Roma Cups. Okay. Um, I stand correct. The last two, two or three Roma Cups have been run at Ascot as they've extended the Ascot season. The Rock Magic Cups. Yes. Yeah. Well, he, mm. I'm pretty sure William Pike rode him in a Roma Cup victory. He bolted in. He did. That was one of the uh, one of the easier viewing races of all time. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. That. He trotted in. So yeah, that that's going to be a highlight, which no doubt we'll be looking at in depth on episode 25 of the one one next. Uh, next week, Terry. Mm. Um, so, from a from a whatever happened to point of view, just recapping that: if you have a horse that you'd like us here at the One One to to chase up, just hit us up at the One One Pod on Twitter. Throw the name out there, and we'll we'll do do some investigating. But we have a list that we have to work through to catch up on at the moment, which we will endeavour to do so. But yeah, if 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 something does does pop into your mind, make sure you um, send us send us a tweet. At the one one pod, very much so. There's uh, yeah, it's been a few interesting ones. We sort of, I feel like we're personally reviving a few of these careers as soon as they get a mention. Bang, they're uh, they're at the trials the following week. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's see what's next. Where do we? When do we find out when Black Fury was trialing? Uh, he, he he is due to come back into work this week. So, so okay. speaking to Trevor right. Andrews, he said that. Um, Black Fury had uh, recovered really well from from injury, 
and had responded well to treatment and he was due back in work this week. And um, and I was just thinking about um, Miss West Coast from the same yard, Trevor Andrews. She, mm-hmm. She's she been off the scene since last spring, so surely she can't be too far away as, as long as everything's happy and healthy with her as well. Mm-hmm. Takes a pretty good horse to run a top four and a, um, a caricature plate as well. So um, looking forward to seeing Miss West Coast come back. Yeah, well, I think we've almost got a um, got through a whole episode without mentioning the People's Horse Terry. So congratulations. Uh. Thank you. There's, Thank you. There's yeah, growth I'm, there. I feel that. I feel that that pat on the back was uh, really uh, well earned. <laughs> you restrained yourself. Excellent stuff. <laughs> I have restrained myself. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of yet another episode. Bj, we're only a uh, fortnight away from our six-month anniversary for episode twenty-six. Going on the fact that there's fifty-two weeks a year. That's that's the best. My. Uh, that's about uh, as well as my brain is working mathematically at the moment, but uh, very much looking forward to having Cripper on next week. Hopefully, we can talk about uh, Resort Man's big victory for the for the jockey he manages, Kyra Yule, and um, and have him up and about. But uh, very looking forward to having um, him on the show next week, and uh, I'm confident that we can erase the memories of uh, of last uh, last Saturday's... Uh, what word did you use, BJ? Diabolical. Diabolical. Yep. Uh, diabolical. Less scratchings, more more things going to plan. All these horses we're backing that are shortening. Let's get them first past the post because... Uh, let's, let's get them out the gates. That would be a good start, I think. So. Let's, that's a good start. But uh, as the old saying goes, you can't eat value, but uh, I'm pretty confident we're going to be... Uh, well, you're not going to be hungry on Saturday night, BJ. So until next week on the 1-1... One, one.